Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 281. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by one of the marvelous members of the Blueprint Live Online team. This week, we're going to talk to Jason. It's his first time on the MCAT Podcast. We're going to take a break from reviewing the diagnostic exam that we've been reviewing over the last several months. We'll jump back into that next week with Jason with BioBioChem Passage 5. But this week, we're going to talk to Jason about his thoughts on the MCAT as a blueprint instructor and tutor, what he's seeing in terms of mistakes that students make, and easy wins that you can have as a student on your journey to hopefully getting the score that you need on your MCAT. Let's go and jump in and say hello to Jason. Jason, welcome to the MCAT podcast. How you doing? Hi, I'm doing okay. How are you? I am wonderful. I'm excited to chat with you. Um, new here on the MCAT podcast, new to the blueprint world as well, but not new That's to right. this little test called the MCAT. What makes someone become a lifelong MCAT instructor? Oh man. Well, you know what? I think it started the same way a lot of teachers and tutors start out. Um, I walked by just a place that was offering SAT tutoring one day and I was like, I did pretty well on my SAT. I could probably help other people to do that. Um, and that just wrote me in. So I started with SAT and then soon found myself tutoring and teaching G, uh, GRE, GMAT, LSAT, and most recently MCAT. Um, I, uh, my degree is in psychology and so I, I took a lot of the prerequisites for the MCAT, but never had any desire to, to be a doctor, to go into medicine at all. Um, but found that it was valuable to be able to help students to, to uh, do well on this test. Mm -hmm. And so kind of studied for it myself. And, uh, and here we are. How'd you do? I did fine. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think... For me, my like my MCAT journey is necessarily different from a lot of people who end up studying for the MCAT because it had been a long time since I'd seen a lot of the specific uh, details in the sciences. But I had that uh, standardized testing background yeah. where like I'd been doing re uh, reading comp for ten years at that point, and all of the reasoning skills that the MCAT required I already had. So. For me, it was just shoring up content yeah. where I feel like a lot of 
people who take the MCAT, um, they over-prioritize that content because they don't have that critical reading and the reasoning background first. And yeah. so both of those things really need to be developed in order to uh, succeed here. Yeah. So I think a lot of people listening to that little blip of a story will hear the, wait, you weren't a pre-med, you no. didn't go to medical school. How can you teach the MCAT? Because the MCAT is for medical school. And if you weren't on that journey, how can you teach that? And I think ultimately that's my goal, your goal, our goal in reassuring students that it's it's not just a test to get into medical school. This is a critical thinking test. And for you as someone who did well on the SAT and and had critical thinking skills and good reading comprehension skills, you've been able to transfer those skills from test to test to test, no matter what the, the subject, no matter what the topics. Absolutely. I don't consider myself a science content guru. Uh, there are plenty of other tutors and teachers that just know the science inside out because they were pre-meds and they took all the prerequisite courses and with the knowledge that they were going to have to use that information at some point to take the MCAT and eventually be doctors and you know, studied all that content on their own um, and just have it memorized. Uh, I don't. I have, there's a lot that I have to, like, I've forgotten MCAT content more than most people have learned it. <laughs> so uh, the, my strength is really in, okay, dealing with passages, figuring out what's important, uh, reasoning through the questions and using sort of that broad, uh, but very shallow knowledge of science that the MCAT requires to do the rest. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, as we continue forward, we're going to continue our breakdown of the blueprint diagnostic here uh, in our next episode. When it comes to MCAT mistakes, right? You already mentioned that students just focus too much on content. I think every every instructor, every tutor out there will say that is the, just the, the biggest mistake that students are making. Besides that one, where do you see students struggling the most with their MCAT prep? So not practicing enough. The instinct, I think, for a lot of people, myself included, is to say, well, I've got this limited number of practice tests available to me. Yeah. There are only so many MCAT questions that have ever been written by people for me to practice on. So I'm going to study all of my content and get it all down. And then when I've got the content ready, I'll go ahead and start applying that to passages and questions. Yeah. And that is absolutely the opposite approach that you need to take. Yeah. Um, being able to deal with the reasoning in the questions, getting through a passage in a timely manner, getting what you need out of it, and being able to apply your content knowledge to whatever is new in the passage is the entirety of the MCAT. Yeah. So the only way to get good at that skill is to do it. It's like if I said, all right, tomorrow you have your unicycle riding test. And today what we're gonna do is I'm gonna show you a unicycle. I'm gonna break down the history of the unicycle. I'm gonna show you how it works. I'm gonna tell you how other people have learned to ride a unicycle. Mm -hmm. And then tomorrow you're gonna to have to do it. Yep. None of that knowledge actually prepares you for the skill of 
sitting on that unicycle and not falling over and, and breaking your nose. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I think there there's so much uh, my my hypothesis on this is that students fear being told that they're not smart enough. And doing practice questions, whether you're doing a QBank set and you get 30%, or you do a half-length diagnostic and you get a 490, or you do your first full length and you get a 485, whatever it is, students fear that number of being told, like, you're not good enough, you're not going to get into med school, which is not what those numbers are saying at all, right? No, not at all. Um, They're just a reflection of your preparedness in that moment, in that snapshot. And and I think the we just we need to understand that, overcome that fear so that students are able to kind of dip their toes in the water and go, okay, this is uh this is an amino acid question. This is how they're framing the question. This is how they're framing answers. Now that I have seen how the test writers are manipulating information, now I can go back to my content and view the content and and review the content through that lens of, well, actually, I saw a question about this type of amino acid, but it wasn't about X, Y, or Z. It was about this other random thing that's off in the footnotes about folding or something or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and just having that tiny little bit of knowledge, right? The, the random analogy just popped into my head is like staring at a brick wall from the front and only looking at it ever from the front and just one time walking around back to see what it looks like from the back, knowing that it's the same freaking brick wall, but you're like, oh, wait, there's like moss growing on it. I wouldn't have known it's the same brick wall. So just just having that ability to, to see all of the information in different ways and knowing how the test writers think and how they they want to try to manipulate the data, not necessarily try to trick you, but how they're manipulating the information to to make things a little bit harder. Yeah, the MCAT is not an indictment of your intelligence uh, when you first take that that diagnostic, when you first start learning how to do it. It is only an indication that you don't know how to take this test yet. Yeah. I've had I can't tell you how many students have said to me, "Oh, I have I have test anxiety. I don't I don't do well on standardized tests." Yeah, and the answer that I always give to them is. Look, it's it's not that you are bad at standardized testing. There's really no such thing. Uh, by definition, a standardized test should be something that is basically the, a level playing field for everybody. Um, what that means for you is that you're not yet aware of strategies and ways of getting through a standardized test that take advantage of the format of that particular test. You're not quite tuned into as you were saying, exactly what the MCAT is asking of you and exactly what each question is trying to get at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always say the MCAT is a test to see how well you can take the MCAT. Nothing more, nothing less. That's just all it is, unfortunately. So let's talk about, um, in, in terms of practice questions, full-length exams, unfortunately, this game, this MCAT game, costs money. And so to buy double AMC material, to buy blueprint exams, 
to to buy other things like QBanks or whatever students are buying, that's part of the potential issue is that students don't have the resources to get all of that information. Obviously, we're breaking down on this podcast the half-length diagnostic. We've broken down Blueprint full-length one. So all of that stuff is free with a free Blueprint account, which is awesome. What are good ways potentially for students to build in some critical thinking skills outside of just doing practice questions? So for passage reading and understanding, I would say one thing that you can do is pick up a magazine, pick up a newspaper, pick up a, a, a novel or a bunch of short stories and practice reading those uh, excerpts with a mind towards why is the author doing what he or she is doing here? What purpose does each paragraph serve in the overall narrative of what this article or story is trying to convey? The more that you can think like the author and take a peek behind the curtain in terms of just past the, the, the content of the passage and into what the author is doing, why the author is doing it, you are well uh, on your way to understanding cars. And by understanding cars, you can understand how to deal with science passages because you can understand what information is going to be relevant for questions and what you can very quickly dismiss as probably not being terribly important. Yeah. So all of that super important. Read, 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 read as much yes. as possible. And not just passively reading it, uh, scanning over it, but asking critical questions while you're reading it, um, which is how we instruct as, as we're going through these passages as well. Like, what do you think the, the point of that paragraph was or the point of this passage? And um, being able to think through those things, I think, is, is just so important. So... Jason, before we uh, wrap up this little mini episode to say hello to you uh, and welcome you to the MCAT podcast, in terms of MCAT preparedness, uh, when does a student know that they're ready? Because in my mind, everyone I talk to is like, I'm never ready. I'll never be ready. I just had to take the test. No. And you know what? Even people who score the top score, like that top less than 1%, I'm sure they go into the test thinking, man, I wish I had another week. I wish I had another month to to get stuff into my head. And nobody ever leaves any of these tests going, nailed it. it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Everybody always has that anxiety. So knowing that you're not going to feel ready is actually a, a big part of acknowledging when you are ready because it's not about a feeling don't I've had lots of students say well I'll sign up for the test when I feel ready for the test well you're never going to sign up for the test it's just not going to happen what you're looking for is a number of practice tests or a number of passages with percent correct where you're scoring in a range that you would feel comfortable Uh, with on test day. And you're doing that Mm semi-consistently. So it's not about necessarily spiking that one score on a practice test and then going, okay, I'm ready to do that because law of averages and regression to the mean says that that might just be uh, a local maximum and that the actual MCAT with going into the, all the logistics of the test center and all the anxiety that that brings and the knowledge that, okay, this is the real one and it counts 
that can bring your score down a little bit, especially the first time if you're if you take it multiple times. Um, so being able to score consistently at least a couple of times in a row at, in a score range that you would feel comfortable reporting to your schools, I think is a really good indicator of being ready. Yeah, and and that's part of the 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 game of this process is because MCAT seats are limited because they're still in person at a testing center. You have to go and register with the hope that you're going to be prepared and yeah. with the risk that you may need to reschedule and and pay a fee and all of the crap that WMC puts people through um, to, to go through that process. So um, that's that's just the part of this process is making some educated guesses on when you think you're going to be ready based on your schedule, based on the free blueprint study planner tool, looking at what that workload may be. If you take it in January, if you take it in March, if you take it in April, based on your school uh, calendar and workload based on your uh, employment workload, volunteer workload, all of those things kind of built in. That study planner tool is a great tool for that. So Jason, welcome to the MCAT podcast. I'm excited to to continue to learn more about how you have taken your SAT skills, GRE skills, and have now moved them over to the MCAT world that can help our students moving forward. Excellent. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. All right, there you have it again, Jason from Blueprint MCAT. If you are interested in working with Jason or any of the numerous other Blueprint live online instructors, go to blueprintmcat.com, check out their live online offerings and see what may work best for you. As this episode is coming out, the registration is opening up for next year's MCAT and preparation should be well underway. So if you're planning on taking the MCAT at the beginning of 2023 and you haven't yet started prepping for the MCAT, now is the time. Go to blueprintmcat.com, sign up for a free account, get access to their free amazing study planner tool, and start planning out your prep today. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. This is MedEd Media.